Jody said, why are we here? And she mentioned a few things of reaching the lost and um, also edifying the saints. But there's another reason that we're here together as a local congregation besides just being Christians at home or uh, Christians um, in a small group um, like some of the churches, that house churches that met in their house in the New Testament is the local body congregated together to become the local church. Amen? And there's a force to be reckoned with with the local church and a, and a momentum that God wants to build that's in reality. Um, today, I'm going to be, you know, we've been doing this sermon series called Wisdom of the Ages, and I'm going to be talking specifically. I've talked about God's wisdom. Um, I, I've talked about the, the principles of his wisdom and how to acquire them. Um, I, I've talked about the distinction between um, our wisdom and the world's wisdom, and how God looks at the world's wisdom as complete and utter foolishness, um, and, and not as an arrogant position to think, you know, I don't like their wisdom. God's saying it's upside down. They don't understand. They don't know how to apply the knowledge. And he, it's not just them out there. How many know sometimes we have a worldly mindset ourselves? Okay, so this is not a us and them thing. Um, but today I want to talk about God's wisdom and using it and understanding it to find his direction for your life. And this is a, a I'm not going to, sometimes I just go I'm going through a text and I, I'll go through some text, but I'm definitely being um, more topical and um, um, instructive today um, to get some principles that I think will help you. And if you've talked to people from first service um, that God is going, really wants to bless you with this message. Do I hear an amen? amen. He, he really, really, really does. And I'm, I'm really hoping to get, that you get some insight. So um, let's pray and ask God uh, to open our hearts to the word. Father, we give you praise. Lord, you are truly the living God. We put our hope in you. Lord, there is no one like you. Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. Lord, you established... Lord, your foundations and built things upon it. Everything comes by your hand. You are the sovereign God over all things. Lord, you created life and you created us. Lord, and the Heavenly Father plants, Lord, his word in our hearts and our lives. We're thankful. Lord, I thank you that you who began the good work can carry it all the way unto completion. That you're faithful. That you can do it. Lord, I'm glad that you not only want to glorify your name and preach good news, but that you love us, and that you know who we are, and you're saving us, and you're restoring us. Lord, I just pray for myself and for others, Lord, that as we look for your direction, that you'd help us find your will for our lives. Lord, we need more than generalities. We need specifics. Lord, we need details. I pray for revelation to be all through this room. I just speak the revelation of God in the name of Jesus Christ. May God open your eyes and give you eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit says, what he can show. Let the revelation come from that transcendent place, Lord, from on high. And Lord, your word is life. It's truth. It's filled with power. Touch our hearts, Lord. Show us how to walk with you. We all come from different walks of life, Lord. And we're in different seasons. But we can hear from one message, Lord, through your word, a truth that will apply to our hearts. And I pray that you do that and make it come to life. 
And would you just, just use your own words. Forget my words for a moment. Just use your own words. Would you invite God to speak to you right now? Take an act of faith. Just whisper to God. Just say, Lord, open my heart. Help me to hear you. And name maybe a specific area that you need God's wisdom right now. Direction. He already knows. I promise you, he already knows. But he wants you to say it. He wants you to acknowledge him. Trust him in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he'll direct your steps. He'll direct your ways. And so, Father, open our hearts. We praise you. Can you just give God praise? Father, we give you praise. Would you mind lifting holy hands to God? We give praise to you, Lord, the mighty one. The Lord over our souls. The Lord over our hearts. Lord, you reign. Thank you, Lord, that you care about us. What is mine, man, that you're mindful of him? Lord, we bless you and praise you in advance for all your works. In Jesus' name, can I hear? Amen. 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 I'm going to give you five real key principles. Some scriptures maybe you not have not heard and some that you have heard. I want you to be open to hear things freshly. You know the word of God. It doesn't matter if you, you can hear God. John 3.16 is not one scripture I'm using today. But you can hear that scripture a hundred times. And God can speak freshly to you through that scripture. Did you know that? Yeah. It's, and it's not just because of the seasons and the time. It's because it's living and it's active. It's double-edged. One time it gets you on one side of the blade. The other time it gets you on the other side of the blade. And it could, it, could, it could dagger you too. And it's not there to kill you. It's there to chip away. Um, and it's in, to, to give you. And the scripture here is, and this is the very first point I want to get here. Number one. It's five points. Number one. And, and this is, and how many want God's direction? Come on, raise your hand. Come on. You want God's direction. L- listen, b- before you just throw it out there, just think about it. Do you want not just direction, not just a good way to go? Do you want God's direction? Now raise your hand. I want God's direction. Now, I'm going to give you some principles, kind of be inductive here, is number one is we need to follow already what is clearly revealed. God has all kinds of counsel for all different kinds of situations. Amen? But it's more than that. We want specific answers, but we have to start here. Okay? And this is, most people are familiar with this scripture, is all scripture is God-breathed. Okay, another scripture says, you know, the prophecies of the word didn't come by cleverly invented stories. They didn't never came from the will of man, but, but they came from God, from his purpose, purposes. They're inspired. They're infallible. This is the way that God has. And they're, they're not meant to be used like to beat up people. My pastor said for years and years to Jody and I in mentoring us, he said, never use God's word without using God's heartbeat. Use his heart. And when you have his heart, then use his word. But don't use it in other circumstances. It's God-braised, theos, theonastas, breath by God. And it's useful. And here are some generic things. I'm going to go into a little bit different detail maybe than you're used to. It's general, like teaching. And you kind of think of just instruction and rebuking. It's willing to stop you in your tracks. It's, it's correcting you to, to set the course. And then I'm a big NFL fan. Don't you love when the training camp starts and they put the pads on, you NFL fans, and it's kind of like you're getting ready to go, those you played. You just remember those double days and how fun it was and how you hated it at the same time, right? How many played football? Anybody played football? Okay. How many hated double days, <laughs> but you love them too, right? And, and, you know, training, 
God wants you to start training. And he, he takes different areas in our life. And this season that you're in is just like one of those areas. It's a season of training. God is discipling you through his word. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not the game. We, we get into the game as God equips us, and then he puts us in game situations. And the training and the correcting and the teaching is going to catch up. And all of a sudden, boy, I'm facing it in life right now. Not that this isn't life, but how many know when we reach those situations, you know, that all of a sudden rise up and it becomes important. And it's training in a certain kind of way, isn't it? Training in what? Can everyone say righteousness? Are you guys awake today? Can everyone say hello? Okay. You know, I told first service that second service was louder, but I take that back. First service is a lot louder. Can everyone say righteousness? Now, there is a big difference, you guys, between being right and being righteous. Right, you know, righteous, you know, a person who's right, you know, everyone else is wrong. He's not talking about that. He's talking about uh, there's a purity. There's a right way of living. It's training there so that the servant of God, can you say servant? servant. And, and understand that this scripture is not written for the elite, for the masters. It's written for the servants. That's what the word is. That's what's come to life. When Jesus makes wine his first miracle, no one saw it, but the servants saw it. They saw the miracle. Kaboom. You know, everyone's going, hey, man, it's a cool wedding. But the servants go, look, Jesus made a miracle. And that's how it often is, so that they'll be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped. A, a, a training. It's almost a weaponry use. It's, it's you are like a formed weapon by God. Not a weapon in the sense of to destroy the others. We're not like a smart bomb. But imagine that God is working himself through eternity. It, we can see things in a time-based mode because we're in time. But imagine that God throughout eternity is moving and he's called the Lord of hosts. He's like the Lord of the armies. And he's bringing people through eternity and it's, he's a weapon. He's never not going to win. Do you know that? God in eternity is never going to lose. He's never just going to stop and go, oh, everything was too much for me. I couldn't be God. It's never going to happen. He's moving through eternity and he's pulled us in Christ. We're seated with him in the heavenly realms. Right? Amen? And so we're moving with him, and we are equipped for every good work. We are being sanctified and moved by this word of God. So if you want to find God's direction, you have to start with his words that are truth so that you're beginning to base your life on anchors and foundations that are steadfast. Amen? Amen. You can't just go, God, I'm just living like this, but just kind of show me what you want. God's saying, I want to ground you first. You don't get into the game on third down until you learn how to block and tackle, right? Because you're just going to get your butt kicked if you do. Isn't that kaboom and on the ground you go because you don't know how to, you know, have a solid girth and you don't know how to get down low on the ground. You don't have a, you don't have a strong neck and the minute your helmet gets, you're going to break your neck. So you have to do neck bridges and prepare yourself. How many say amen? amen. God wants to prepare us. I love what Mark Twain said, by the way. He said, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand that trouble me, but the things I do understand. <laughs> uh, I thought, boy, he, he, really got, he really got it. And, and God wants us to be equipped for every good work. Amen? Every single good work. 
Now, this is just a reference back here. See, it is I who created the blacksmith. This is God talking back in Isaiah when he's prophesying about the coming of Christ and then the body of Christ. Isaiah you know, 53 all the way through 61. And he says, I'm the one who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame. And can everyone say forges? Forges. He forges it with the flame, with the fire. You know, in, in Psalm 139, he's creating our inmost being. He's fashioning it together, knitting it together, helping us discover who we are. You know, it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? And there's a, there's a beauty in there. There's a, a, a wonderfulness of God looking in there and loving what he's made. He says, I'm forging a weapon fit for its work so that it's just right. And, and he says, no weapon forged against you will prevail. This is a, the weapon that you will be will have the immortality, the imperishableness that it can't be knocked to the left and to the right. Now, you might be thinking, gosh, I feel like I'm getting knocked all over. Listen, we do have a flesh that God is overcoming with the power of his spirit. Amen? He's the one rescuing us from a body of death. And he says, but no weapon's going to prevail. In the end, God always wins. And he's in us. Amen? And he says, and you will refute every tongue that, that accuses you. And I love how he finishes this sentence. He says, or this paragraph, he says, this is the heritage. And he goes, this is, this is what I pass on to who? Of the servants. Can everyone say servants? Servants. servants. It's for the servants of the Lord. This is their heritage. It moves on to the next generation. This is their vindication, declares the Lord. Now, in summary, all scripture here is inspired by God. It's useful. It's just vernacular terminology here. It teaches us what's true. If you go, gosh, I'm not really sure what's true and what's right, well, you can quickly get on Google and start typing some things and see what answers come up. You know, you can ask your cousin, hey, what'd you learn about this? Or you can turn to the word of God, right? And listen, there are a lot of belief systems that use the Bible, It has to be more than, it has to be the word of God and the spirit of God. The spirit of God has to be, and if if you're starting to think that the spirit of God is, is leading you on all kinds of crazy things that don't line up with the word of God, let me tell you something. It's not the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God is gonna line up with the word of God, right? It's not gonna just be about feelings and emotion, but it'll have feelings and emotion in it because God is a feeling God and an emotional God. And it's going to have power in it. And it's going to give you power that is the right power to live. And it's going to teach you what's true and what's not true. The letter B there, it's going to make you, make me realize what's wrong in our lives. Now, do you ever wonder where you go, man, I can't seem to find peace in this area. Or I can't seem to find victory in this area. I don't know how to get there. God brings the conviction sometimes to show you what's wrong. But if you don't understand the scripture that you can be saved and be rescued and be forgiven, you become like that double-minded man who's unstable in all his ways. And he looks in the mirror, forgets what he looks like. He forgets that he's been cleansed from his past sins. That, that, get, that, we're, that we're clean, we're unforgiven. Say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Isn't that a great place to start today? Yeah. Woo! Right? We wake up this morning and we say, the steadfast love of the Lord never fails. His mercies are new when? Every morning, right? Right now. That God's mercies are active now. 
we can always move forward. It makes us realize. It corrects us when we're wrong. God doesn't just leave you where you are, but he corrects you through the scriptures. He, he can show you what's wrong, and he can help you get out, and it teaches us to do what is right or what is righteous. He uses it to prepare, prepare, and equip people to do every good work. Okay, that's, that's just a foundational point to get to more stuff here is that we have to follow God's already revealed word. Amen? Amen. Finding direction, that has to be your foundation. That has to be the anchor point. Then it builds on that. Okay? Number two is we follow God's invisible leadership. Okay? It's invisible. Did you know most things in the scripture that are going to last are invisible? In God's eyes, his immortal qualities, they're what's going to last his words, they're immortal, they're invisible. You know, it's not, if I take my Bible and throw it away, God's word doesn't disappear. His words are living, they're active, and they're in the world, in the marketplace, because they're not material, they're immaterial. We just find material ways to print them, whether it be the early 1600 Gutenberg Bible or some other thing. You know, now, you know, how many have your Bible on your iPhone or Droid? How many have it on your iPad? How many haven't held a real Bible in a year? Anybody? Yeah, because, you you know, and people are going, you have to carry a real Bible. Like, oh, I got a real Bible. It's in my iPad. I can can mark it, and then I have my notes that I remember from 10 years ago. The the way I used to have to do it is I'd write notes, and then as soon as my Bible is all packed, then I'd have to get rid of that Bible and get another Bible. Right? Now I got the same Bible. I got versions of notes. This is when I was stupid and wrote these notes. Version one. That's right. I, I understood something else. Version two. <laughs> you know, how many know a lot more than you knew last year? How many are just as stupid as you were last year? <laughs> a few of you out there. Listen, God's invisible le- leadership. This is his spirit in us. The, the Bible is his word. And the Bible says that his spirit makes that word come to life. He guides us into all truth. And we know that Jesus is that truth. Because he has sacrificed for us on the cross, he makes provision for, a, for the Spirit to now be in us and not hold anything against us. A Christianity 101. Now, it says this Spirit who's in us, because we have his word, we're trying to find his will for our lives. His word is in us. The Spirit searches what? All things, right? All things. Correct, David. And it says even the deep things of God. The deep things of God. Imagine swimming in the spirit, so to speak, into the depth of God through the spirit. Isn't that tremendous? You you know, people look for love and they go, you know, the the guy finds a girl. I love you. I love you too. Tell me about yourself. I'll tell you all about my life and this is what I'm about. But, 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 But there's something about your spirit that wants to connect to someone else's spirit. Isn't that true? It's like you go, man, I wish I had more intimacy, but I don't know how to get it. And of course, the physical will bring something, but you know, uh, and, and you know, and that's why we have children, thank God, and fruitfulness. Come on, do I hear it, amen? Amen, this is good news, right? Aren't you glad that God made everything this way? This is good, right? God made the man and then the woman, he goes, this is good. This is good, man, right? And, and, and it's like, you know, and it's like there's this fruitfulness, but we want to get closer 
We want to get closer. But God says, I'm going to put the very soul of myself inside of you. It's the invisible leadership of God that is, not, is going to be in you. And, and if you think that he's in you because of what you did, then you'll always be thinking he's gone, he's here, he's gone, he's there. But trust me, if he's only there because of your works, then he's never there. Okay? He's just never there. But if he's in there because of what Christ has done, then he's always there. Amen? Simple, simple fact. Simple mathematics, right? And so this spirit connected to my spirit or my soul. Remember, God gives, this, his, gives the, the life spirit to man, which is represented as my soul, the very soul of who I am, which David cries out, says is my inmost being, my soul that's alive. God's spirit, his soul of who he is, is put in me, a holy soul, with my soul that's been redeemed. And God says, my soul can search the deep things of God. Amen. How many think this is great? This is such a fantastic thing. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit in him. In other words, God's thinking, what he's thinking. No, you don't know what I'm thinking. You can guess what I'm thinking and you don't know what God's thinking except by his spirit, which he's given to you. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now I'm going to hit the scripture a little bit later to finish it up, but, but I want to hold us right there. The deep things of God will be sought out by his spirit. Now we have his word, it's already revealed. We have the spirit within us from God and we have the ability to connect to that spirit and that word together, not only by reading his word, but in prayer and fellowship, the spirit in you, the treasure in you, mixing with the treasure in me, God is building himself and revealing himself in all kinds of ways. Amen? Amen? And so this is one of the ways we have to understand this foundation to get to the will, to find out, Lord, what's your purpose? What's your direction? What's your calling for me? You gave me these gifts. Why? Why did you do it? Now, let's look at some invisible qualities. It tells us by his spirit, the Bible, by his spirit tells us. Now, this is important to know because if you miss this, then you'll miss the whole point. This God by his spirit through the word tells me who God is and what he's like so that I can know him. It's not the only reason because if you want to find yourself, then you have to find God first because it's God who shows you who you are. It's not some secret map in some secret closet and some, you know, desert island like the Count of Monte Cristo and all of a sudden, you know, or whatever, some thing that's just hidden and all of a sudden you find the map and you find this bunch of gold. Well, go ahead and spend the gold. You're still not going to find yourself. You know, how many, how many martinis and boats do you need? Right? The thing is, is God saying, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. Right? When I see him, I shall be like him. Then I shall be face to face with him. Oh, can I tell you, it's the one thing I look forward to in all eternity is to be face to face with my God. Amen. Imagine now God by his spirit is revealing who he is. What? Well, we know who he's like so that we can get to know him. And then the next one, we can figure out what his plans and purposes are 
so that our life makes sense. God is saying, I want to draw you near so that you can understand who I am. Search the deep things in me. Uh, I, I covet you to experience the deep prayer with God. It's so sad that religion has ruined prayer. You know, prayer is things that people do to get God to do stupid things for them most of the time. I mean, there's important things. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to minimize that. We have prayers that we say, God, help me. I'm in need or my family's in need. I understand those things. But there are times when you're not in any of those circumstances and God's saying, know me, know me, know me. Draw near to me. I will draw near to you. It's not a, if you do that, then I'll do that. God's saying, whatever measure you go, trust me, I will meet wherever you go. Draw closer to me. Do you want to know who you are? Know me. What are my attributes? What am I like? What do I think about? Then you'll understand what I'm thinking about for you. Right? One of the greatest things people can do to understand who they are is take a good biblical parenting class. And you'll understand how you should parent and you'll understand how God is parenting you. It can be so helpful. The Bible by a spirit tells me who I am, my blueprint, and why I'm here. Amen? It's my, my calling. The Bible is constantly telling me what my purposes are. With Timothy, he's saying, fanning into flame the gifts so that you can. And then he specifies it. You know, how are you going to go into the world and make a difference? What, what do you have? Do everything for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do with all your heart and mind. There are those around Timothy, were around Timothy that gave him feedback. His, some of his family members, some leaders around who laid hands on him and said, I, I lay hands on you. Not because, hey, there's power in my hands. It's because God wants to do something in you. And, and I'm sensing what it is. And it's confirmation. Listen, the Bible by a spirit tells me what God expects from me and how I can find success. There are principles of success. Did you know that? There, there are ways that God says, do this and you'll live. You know, follow the ways of your own heart. Anyone who does is a fool. You know, the, the man who gets many counselors is wise. You know, there's a, there's a, a way that God would have us to be. And, and it says, the Bible by a spirit tells me that people matter to God. Everything God is going to do is going to be about relationship. When Jody was saying that the church is here and while we're here is for the kingdom, I know what she meant. And maybe you did too. But the kingdom is not this kingdom force, it's people. Amen? Amen. It, it, can you just say it's us? It's us. Now I'm going to look around at us and go, hey, it's us. Look at somebody. Just go, it's us. I'm serious. It's us. It's us. You know, I understand you live at your house by yourself and, you know, and you kind of have a few things that you're involved. Then we all come to this church together and, and kind of meet and we, we forget the deep fellowship that God wants to have with one another. The sharing of life that we need to do. The sharing of needs. All right. When people don't know this, and I, th- I always think of the evolution picture. I'll give you an example. If you just think you're evolved from primordial soup and random chance, that you think that chemicals just got together and built the building blocks of life, not only can I prove to you that you cannot prove that, um, but that the actual scientific facts consistently show that it's illogical. Okay? 
even if we had it, because right now we have all the chemicals, so we know that they're making some changes in the DNA structures being altered through mitosis, meiosis. But if you understand, if you just think that you're a random product of chance and that all you are are chemicals that are just firing and existing, then that's all you're going to see the people around you. They're just chemicals too. And then you don't have any purpose. You just have to make up your own purpose. You got to redefine it and go, well, I guess maybe this will be my purpose. And that's why you're so empty. Because the purpose is baloney. Right? And you know it. It's like, you know, I did witnessing um, at a, you know, several years ago, one time we went to, uh, we used to go to college campuses and go share Christ on them. And we were at a, a college, De Anza College in um, Northern California. And I talked to this uh, Buddhist lady. There was a bunch of Buddhists. I went and I thought I'd share with them. And um, I was sharing Christ with her. She was the leader of the group. And, and I finally I looked at her and I said, do you mind if I look you straight in the eyes? And she goes, no, 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 go ahead. And I said, I want to know, and I'm looking right at you, and I want to talk to your soul. And she said, uh, okay. I said, you shouldn't be afraid of this. She goes, no, no, I'm not. And I go, okay. And I said, do you know the Buddha? Honestly, have you encountered the Buddha? And she goes, I, I don't know. And I said, now I want you to look in my eyes. And I'm telling you that I have met the Christ. Jesus the Messiah and he is alive amen and then I walked on water (laughs) not really but that would have been a cool ending to the story wouldn't it have been right across the Anza College pool you know what I mean I can't even look cool (laughs) I try Listen, so we got this foundation, okay? We need to go to God's clearly revealed word if you want direction. We have to understand that his spirit is in us. It's an invisible quality of God. It's an invisible leadership. And uh, another point here is, listen, just a few scriptures to, 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 com- to strengthen this. A man's heart plans his way. I used this a few weeks ago, but I want to just focus it here for just a moment. A man's heart plans his way. How many would say amen to that? Amen. Right? This is what we do. We go, man, I'm going to do this. We start to plan. It says, but it's the Lord that directs his steps. This is a step, right? And it could be symbolic, biblically symbolic of a bunch of steps, like this one step, like this direction, but it is a step. And who directs these steps? The Lord directs these steps. The man in his heart, he makes the plans, but the Lord directs the steps. This is not just a random verse for anyone on the earth. This is God talking to his kids saying, hey, wake up. I got this. Amen? Amen. It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and then he will act. Or he will do these things. And then there's a list of them given below it. We commit our way to the Lord and he'll do what? He'll act. We got to trust in him. This is invisible. You start to work. You want to find God's will. That's what we're talking about. You're committing your way to him. This is, Lord, I'm going this way. I'm committing my plan to him. I'm committing my way to him. Lord, my heart is planning its ways. I know you're going to direct my steps. I'm putting my trust in you. Let your invisible leadership guide me. Amen? 
Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 16.3. Okay? Now, I have to keep moving. If you get on a bike and you put your feet on the pedals and you don't move, you're just going to fall. And there are times when you get on the bike and the Lord says, put the feet on the ground. Right? You're just sitting on the bike like this. And God's saying, wait patiently for the Lord. And that's the season. But then the Lord says, now start biking. And when you start moving, it's easy to keep that bike going. And God will steer his steps. Steer our steps. Amen? And the scripture says, and just a generic scripture here, but it makes the point, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. You know how you know if he exists? You do stuff in consistency with a God that exists. You take steps because you go, yeah, God's alive. I'll do this. When you don't believe or you're doubting, you just become double-minded. And then you just start to keep walking in a circle. And you look to your left and go, is that a mulberry bush? (laughs) Right? That's what happens. And you do it for one year and two years and three years and four years. And finally you go, God's ways might work. But you don't believe it yet. He believes that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I love this quote by Oswald Chambers. He says, faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Right? And, and just, and I want you to see this as I get to this Isaiah 12 too. It's just another touch on this. It's that foundation from that scripture that, that moves into that Isaiah 50 that I was talking earlier. This is the cry. God, when he's leading us in purpose, this is what he's doing. And look at this cry from Isaiah. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust. Amen? Say it. I will trust. Now, it goes along with that. If you're going to trust, then you go, I will not be afraid. One more time. And here's the answer. Because or for the Lord is my strength and my song. Now, God, trust me, God is writing a song. And he has a song for your life. It's got an intro. Some, how many have heard the intro of your song already? Right? And there's the verse one. Right? And then there's the, the, the little chorus that starts off with. Then you get to verse two. And some of you are in verse two right now. Right? Some of you have a four stanza song. But listen, you're in verse two and God's building. He, he's your song. God writes our song. He writes our story. He's the author of our faith, isn't he? Not? He's the one that Paul says we're like living epistles. You are our story. You you are what we're writing. Right? And and he says, you're the strength, and you're you're my strength, you're my song, and that strength and that song has become my salvation, my deliverance. It's become my wholeness. It has become me becoming who I'm supposed to be. The power that comes from my life comes from the song and the story that God has written. Amen? So, so this song, this trusting of God, his invisible power, his invisible leadership and qualities through his revealed word that I'm already going by, it is enabling me to see my song, to see my story so that I can find his will. Do I hear an amen? amen. And so this is where we go. And this is the third point here. Follow God with intelligence. We have to be using our head too. Amen? 
First Peter says, add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, right? Self-control. These are attributes. If you will get these in increasing measure, he's saying we do have the mind of Christ and we're relying on an invisible spirit, but it's translating. That spirit is translating to our soul life so that we can know things and utilize it. Amen? And listen, I won't spend a lot of time, but listen to this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is a parenting scripture too, isn't it? Right? Train your kids in the way that they should go. Right? It says, I will counsel you and watch over you. Now think about it. God's going, I'm instructing you. I'm teaching you in the way. Counseling you and I'm watching over you. This is God being pretty thorough. Amen? And then he says this. He says, do not be like the horse or mule without understanding. Right? Have you ever felt like in your life that God had this bridle and he just goes, all right, can you bend down? I'm going to put that thing on you for about a month. And you're like, God, I don't understand. (laughs) I just need you to be quiet for a while because your prayer is all about you talking. It's not about you listening. Parents, have you ever had that when you're, you love your kids and not like you always know everything. How many know parents? We don't always know everything, right? That's why we turn to God. But, but there are those seasons where you, you want to express something to your kids. You're going, man, if I could just tell them and they just don't know how to hear what you have to say. And you're just thinking to yourself, I will talk to you in six months. How many parents know what I'm talking about? Come on, right? And it's frustrating, isn't it? But don't we express the same way when we stand before God and we're going, God, I just want to tell you what I did. Can you save that person? Heal my aunt? And can you? And I want you to do that and all that, God, and over there. And amen. And then off you go in life. And there are times when you don't, you tell the fool he needs to be quiet. And you need to listen to God. And you need to hear him. And we're going to take 30 seconds before we close here just to take a little bit of time of listening to God. I'm telling you, if you knew how much God was for you, you'd be more happy to hear him. God is not going to tell you a million things. He's going to tell you the things you need to hear. Would you let him encourage you? It's very important to God to express his love to you. It really is. He wants you to know how much you mean to him. God wants to express to you the reason of his love and his purpose in your life that it's not random. It's on purpose. Do you know that he wants his face to shine upon you and to bless you all the days of your life and that God wants to prosper you and not to harm you and he's got a future, a plan and a hope for you tell you the truth. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. They don't listen to God. They don't believe there is a God. And it says, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Almost done here. God doesn't show us more than we need to know. We walk, can everyone just say by faith and not by sight? I think people misunderstand this scripture as saying, 
you know, Christianity has no facts or evidence by it, but we're just a bunch of believers just hope things are true. Are you? That's just the biggest baloney. The evidence and scientific evidence and every evidence is proof. It will point to God. And if you have a proof, that proof that it's no God, whatever it is, let's talk about it afterwards and I will let you share it with the church and then I will debunk it. Okay? But you're free to come up with your best shot. Okay? And you can go, oh, this is what it is and this proves it and I will disprove it. Okay? We walk by faith, not by sight, not because there's no evidence, but that we don't always know what God is doing. Amen? I, I want you, and this is where I'm going to finish up, and then, then Pete, you can start playing here. Peter gets delivered by, in the book of Acts, chapter 12. It's right after he has the vision of the Gentiles on the roof who were never, they didn't think they were accepted by God and didn't understand the gospel. The secrets were never given to them, and they did not comprehend, although there are some examples that they did in scriptures. And then Peter is thrown into jail. It's the last thing you want to do when you're looking for the will of God is end up in prison, right? But the angel comes and wakes him up and his chains fall off. And Peter then follows the angel. He doesn't know if it's a dream. It's kind of an illusion to him. And he's wondering, where am I going? And he gets to the first door and it's like the angel's prompting him to open the door. And as he's opening the door, click, the angel opens it up and he goes through. He then goes to the second part of the jail and the same thing happens. He's reaching out and just as he's getting there, the door just opens up and it's kind of like boom right when he gets there. And then it's like, great, we're out of the prison doors and now there's the gate and the gate shut. But Peter walks right through the gate guided by the spirit. And as soon as he gets there, the gates open. Don't you hate how God works sometimes? It's like you are, it seems like there's always a closed door right in front of you and he's going, walk a little faster. And you're thinking, I value my face. I do not want to hit the gate. But walking by faith says, you walk to that door and God will open that door at the right time. And if not, then you'll suck it up and wait at the front of that door. Amen? but you're going to do it in the right way. Listen, God wants us, and I'd like to know things in advance, but somehow God seems to disagree with my philosophy. I keep wondering if he's going to change all of eternity and life to comply with what I want, and he just never seems to do it. In fact, he doesn't even really listen. Uh, you know, Job cries out, and he says, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to take your ways, he says, but I'm going to keep on arguing. And then, God, then, then what happens right after Job says that is we get like four chapters of God describing how he made everything. And he goes, I know stuff you haven't even seen. Or as Blade Runner says, I've seen things you people would never believe. You know what I mean? Something like that. Was that close? Okay. How many find, want to find God's will? Come on. Do you want to find God's will? We're going to take this minute here. Number five right here is don't tell God how he has to guide you. Okay? You know what I'm saying, amen? Is this a tough one? That's a tough one. Just, just say it with me. Say, I'm not going to do it. How many know you're still going to do it? Right? Aren't you glad God's patient? And trust me, if you've ever read the Old Testament, it's God did this, boy, like that. He's like, no, 
then he does something else. And what he does is always better and smarter and more in line with the future of what God wants to do. The person without the Spirit of God does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are determined or discerned, detected only through the Spirit. Okay? Then he says, the spiritual man makes judgments about what? Say it one more time. All things. All things. You can't judge. I can't. And the Bible says the man with the Spirit of God makes judgments. I'm not saying the spirit of man with the Spirit of God is judgmental. Because the Bible says, take the plank out of your own eye before you judge someone else. But it says you can make judgments and determinations. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment for, this is why, he says, because who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? Anyone here has known the mind of God that he can give him a lesson? You going to do a little homeschooling with God? Huh? Anybody? I don't think so. Get out your little math program. I think he knows the numbers. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Let me say it one more time. We have the mind of Christ. Why don't you close your eyes? Would you just take a few seconds right now? Just keep your eyes closed if you would. All of our base camp leaders come forward. The mind of Christ is understanding God's plan in this world to bring glory to himself, to restore you to the original splendor of what you were made for, and to provide salvation for sinners, restoration, redemption. Can we just take a moment? And I just want you to open your heart to God right now. You wanted that direction. I just told you his revealed word. I told you a bunch of it. It's going to be there continually. You have his spirit. If not, put your faith in Christ right now. He died on the cross for your sins. All of your sins have been paid for. Receive the forgiveness of God. And then all your sins by his blood, by his power, by his atonement are paid for. Everything is forgiven. And we say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. And let the Spirit now be in you because of what he's done. And we say, Lord, counsel me right now. And I'm going to take just about 30 seconds here. We just be quiet. First, just a few seconds here. Just ask God. Say, God, I need to hear from you. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need you to tell me about me, who I am, who you are. And let's be quiet and listen to God.
Father God, we come with you with praise. We thank you for your still small voice. Thank you for your deep love and commitment to us. I read Romans 12 to you. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, your life to God in view of the mercy that he's given you and because of all that he's done for you. Let your life be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable and good. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transfer you into a new person by changing the way that you think and by the way that you are. Then you'll learn how to know God's will for you. His will, which is good and is pleasing and is perfect. And Father, we surrender to it. You will guide us. You will lead us. We've done all that we can to surrender it to you. Give us your direction now. And would you thank God in advance? Just say, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you for your heart for me. In Jesus' name. And before we give a clap offering to God, can I just say this? How many received something from the Lord today? Come on. Can we give God praise? Can we give God praise? With your mouth, too. Thank you, Lord. Blessings to your name, Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Listen. It's great to clap, okay? Can everyone just do that for a second? Now stop. Now let's use our mouth to praise God and thank God. Amen? So we speak it out to God. Let's speak it out in your own words. Thank God. Father, we praise you and we bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, that you look out for the little details in our heart and our lives, Lord. That you are worthy to be praised. All wisdom and all power and all glory are yours. Thank you for your faithfulness. Pour out your life upon the people, Lord. Fill them with your goodness, Lord. You are awesome. You rock in every way. In Jesus' name. One more thing I forgot to ask if anyone needed to come to Christ. With your eyes closed, if if you're someone who needs to maybe turn your life back to the Lord, or you you needed that forgiveness that I prayed for earlier, would you just raise your hand to me? I want to agree with you just in a quick prayer. Amen. Amen. Amen over there. Amen. Amen. And it will say, amen, I see you. And amen, I see you. Amen, I see you too. Amen. Did I miss anybody? Father, thank you for these. Lord, thank you that you've forgiven them for everything. There is nothing that the blood of Christ does not cover. And can you, who who raised your hands there, can you just thank God for being forgiven? Say, thank you for forgiving me, Lord. And then ask him for his power to fill you and to direct you into a new life. And say, Lord, direct my steps, direct my life. Lord, I'm sick of being in control. I don't want to be in control. I want you to be in control.